You are now listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today I got to talk with a flight attendant. We always get to see them on those flights, but what really goes behind the scenes and what are some of the things that you need to do to get to it? This job was really surprising to me and there were some things that I thought of airline attendants beforehand and it really just educated me a lot about what it's like being one, what the career is like, what they do on a daily basis, and like what the benefits are, the pros and cons. It's a really interesting conversation, and I hope that you guys enjoy it. So without further ado, here's the interview with a flight attendant. All right. So yeah, I just want to say thank you for doing this. This job was really appealing to me, and I really wanted to know more about what it's like. So I just want to say thank you for having me interview you today and just getting me to learn a little bit more about what you do. It's my pleasure, man. The more I want to, I, I want to talk about it as much as you do. Yeah. So I guess like we'll just get started. So I'll ask you what the first question is. What is the job title? Uh, the job title would be for me, flight attendant, non-bilingual mm. because I do not speak another language fluently. Hmm. So what would you say your job description is? Like, could you elaborate on what you do? Uh, they will tell you day to day, straight out of the gate. You know, the captain will make his announcement. They, they tell you our job is primarily for your safety. Should God forbid, you know, there's an engine failure, we blow a tire on takeoff, um, you know, some poor has a heart attack. That our primary is, our primary job is safety uh-huh. but it's basically as as we like to joke it's coffee tea or me mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know hey do you want some coffee do you want some tea would you like a date with myself mm-hmm. that sort of thing <laughs> yeah so how did you find out about this job did you always know that you wanted to do it from an early age not at all i am what you would call an atypical flight attendant. I might not be the best person to interview interview for this, to be honest. But basically, I was a firefighter, and I got hurt. And a, a friend of mine, uh, or rather I should say an ex-girlfriend's roommate, said, hey, this particular airline is looking for flight attendants. Why the heck not give it a try? And I did. And... uh they hired I thought it was a joke, but they hired me. It, it's something else. Mm. You never know. So what would you say made them hire you? Was it your prior experience or was it a certain personality trait that they liked? I can only speak to the three large American airlines, be they United, Delta, or American, because I work for one of them. Um, but they, they like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Excuse me. Uh, diversity. They like diversity. Mm. If you, I've flown with everybody who was a retail manager to a kid right out of college to a two-time world champion kickboxer. That's not a joke. He was a kickboxer. But basically, what they what they really look for in terms of hiring is how personable are you? Can you when you walk into the interview, are you engaging? literally everybody around you, you know, the janitor, uh, the, the hiring manager lady, not to mention, cause it's all done in by groups, you know, 
those people in your group. So you've got you've got to be able to talk to everybody, no matter who they are. The 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 biggest takeaway would be, can you talk to people? It, I mean, it doesn't matter if they're some obnoxious dude from Palm Springs or this sweet old lady who just came into Dallas from Hong Kong. Like you you've got to be able to communicate with them. Mm-hmm. So what would you say you do on a daily basis? Pretty sure it varies a lot, but what would you say, I guess, on a standard day you do? So on a standard day, we'll, we'll say day one of a trip because at my airline, most trips are three days long and you do legs. Well, I say multiple flights each day. So day one, you would have to get up at whatever time in the morning or maybe in the afternoon. It depends. And you get to the airport, uh, either on your phone or on a computer in the office. You would check in. That way, scheduling, who is God, uh, knows where you are. And you get to your airplane at a very minimum 45 minutes prior to boarding. So you can set up your catering, your juices, your waters, your Cokes. If you're in first class, you're going to have food. Um, if you're doing an international trip, you're going to have not only food, but paperwork, uh, that sort of thing you will do in my case, as, um, I am very new to this, you do only domestic trips. So again, you'll get to your airplane, you'll do your paperwork, you'll set up your, your food, uh, and you'll do, let's say out of your base, you will do two flights. And then a short, two long flights, let's Dallas to San Francisco and back. Um, And then a short flight down to San Antonio or New Orleans or Oklahoma City, and you lay over. And that's all covered by the company. Um, The hotel, the transportation, food is discounted but not covered. Um, There are very few companies that, or hotels rather, that will discount alcohol. That's important. We all know who they are. And then you, I mean, you may only have eight hours, like no joke, eight hours at that hotel. And then you've got to get up in the morning and go from New Orleans to Chicago to Phoenix. And then you lay over again. And then you do one leg home. And then you're off for anywhere between one and six days. Um, at most of my schedule, I've had eight days off. At a minimum, I've had one. If you're the kind of person who would only like to work 14 days a month, it's not a bad gig. I would highly, I would highly recommend it. Hmm. So the hours are probably really weird whenever you're working. So when you get to a new city, do you usually like tour around or look at some attractions? It, it all depends. Um, a lot of us, like myself, have cities that we like and it's all everything you do is based on how long you've been with the company and that is industry yeah excuse me industry-wide regardless of which company um for example i really like columbus ohio so i go there all the time but for the most part if you're in a new or neat city and you have a good crew you may go out but there's a lot of a lot of what we call slam clicking, where you slam the door, you click the lock, and you see the crew in the morning. Um, 
I personally like to go out. I don't care if it's Tulsa, Oklahoma, Paris, France, or, you know, Guadalajara, Mexico. I go out and I, I, I like to see things, but that does wear off. So do you have to have a visa and your visas being used all the time for different countries? You, you will need, in, in the case of my airline, you need a visa to visit China, um, or rather to work China. Um, but most, you don't need anything. Basically, when you're filling out your, your immigration paperwork, there is a special section for, oh, hey, I work for an airline. I'm only going to be here for 18 hours. You know, please, please leave me alone. <laughs> so do you have to fill out a lot of those visa forms? Because when I went to a different country, there was so much paperwork that we had to do. And you go to so many different oh, countries all the time. It's every time. Wow. So that's a lot of paperwork. Every, yeah, it's it's every time. If you're, It doesn't matter, you know, Grand Cayman in the Caribbean, Hong Kong in China, uh, Lima, Peru. It doesn't matter. You have to do paperwork. The only exception to that, oddly enough, is London, England. They don't give a darn about anything. They just let you in. <laughs> so I just wanted to ask, you probably have a lot of interesting stories that you can tell from different people. What is like one of your favorite stories that you like to share about uh, one of your experiences? Uh, I have two. Um, uh, but since we're dealing with high school kids, I'll go with the more tame one. Um, so I was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I was sitting by myself at the bar. It was during last year's World Cup. And I was just trying to watch some soccer you know, hang out, have a couple beers. And this particular bar right by our hotel downtown on the river, um, it had a, a shuttle to, to the stadium. And so this, the bar would fill up and then empty and fill up and then empty as patrons would come in, have a beer and then go to the game. Well, all these guys, these big burly Midwestern Milwaukee guys would come up to me as I'm by myself and say, Hey bro, what are you doing? Like, why are you here by yourself? Um, you know, I'm a flight attendant. I'm just hanging out and having a beer, trying to watch some soccer. Oh, that's the coolest thing ever, man. And then they'd buy me a beer and a shot, or I'd have to say no. And by the end of it, I had to weave back to the, back to the hotel. Like you would not believe. Um, the, the best part of the job is the people. If you like people, because they will they will find you and they will figure out what you do for a living uh -huh. and then they want to hang out with you. Um, and I wanted to go back to what you said about how you work 14 days a month, right? Yes. So on the rest of the days that you're not working, you have it just for free and you just stay at home or like do stuff at home? I personally, um, I have two dogs and a son. So... I stay at home on my days off, but um, I have lots of friends who they've got an extra couple hundred bucks and they will go off to wherever they can manage because as an airline employee, no matter who you work for, you fly for free if there are spaces. Um, and the same goes for other airlines even. I work for one of the big three but I can still fly for free on other smaller airlines if there's a space. We have what are called uh, mutual agreements. 
Um, excuse me. You can also pick up on your days off. There's always, always, always another flight attendant trying to drop their trips. That's how I go to Hawaii. That's how I go to London. Because somebody who's been doing it forever doesn't want to do their trip. So I pick it up and say, thank you, Susan. I'll mm-hmm. see you in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So you've talked a lot about like the great advantages. Like I've heard so many great things about it. Can we flip it and say things that you don't really like that much or you wish were different? Reserve. Um, there is something there is something called reserve where every it could be every other month, it could be every third month, it could be it, it just depends on your employer. Um a certain number day a certain number of days out of the month, basically your butt belongs to the company. And they could call you and say, Hey, guess what? You know, we need you to be at the airport. You have to go to Tulsa or we need you to be at the airport in two hours. You have to go to Vancouver, Canada, or in my case, the worst ever, you have two hours to get to the airport. You're going to Hong Kong. And that was rough. It was really rough (laughs) because that's a 16 hour flight. Yeah. But, at the same time, all most of us, not all, most of us are protected by a union. And as far as I'm concerned, that's very important. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask, do you think that you get paid decently or do you wish that it was like a little bit higher? Oh, uh, there is zero chance that I'm not paid enough. Um, my airline again we're controlled by a union um so yes i took a pay cut when i came to my airline from my previous job as a firefighter but long term at a major american airline you can easily make ninety thousand dollars i know i know guys who made a hundred a hundred twenty thousand dollars in six months it's you because you get extra pay for speaking another language for working in premium, uh, premium, if you're in first class or a galley, you get extra money. Um, if you're the, if you're what's called the purser, who is basically the guy in charge, you get an extra couple bucks. So long term, it really is a lucrative job. Uh-huh. I mean, taking the context that it's 14 days a month and it's like half a month that you're working and it's 90k that doesn't sound that bad to be honest it it doesn't but and this is going to sound scary to your listeners when i was hired it was easier statistically to get into harvard than it was to get hired by my airline but 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 there are dozens of airlines you can go to spirit envoy mesa southwest frontier um i I, doesn't even matter and you that's where you get your foot in the door if they really want to do this because let's say you work for a small airline but you really just want to travel the world well you can still do that on delta for example as an employee of mesa i think it is um i'm making things up here but these these companies have agreements and if you work for a small airline 
and you have the money and the time and there's space on the airplane, you can go to Prague or London or Paris or Santiago, even though you only work for a tiny airline that only services Tulsa or Spokane, Washington. It's just a matter of being flexible. Hmm. So I guess this is a question that I'm really curious about. Is it a really lonely job? Do you always stay with the same crew or is it always different? And if it's like different, isn't that kind of like makes it kind of lonely on trips? As a flight attendant, you are at my airline again, you are always with the same flight attendants for three days. But there's so much flexibility. You know, if, if I have, I wish I could show you my schedule, but I will have five three-day trips in a month. And those five trips will have the same four flight attendants each time. But we can trade them, we can move them, we can give them away. But to answer your question, it can be quite lonely. If you have a boring crew who just wants to, let's say, go to their room, uh, shut the door and call their wife or husband, and you're stuck in, I always go back to Tulsa, but that's the joke. Uh-huh. Um, and you're stuck in Tulsa. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is very lonely. You're, you know, you're in a, a strange place. You don't sleep well. Mm-hmm. Um, the TV is different. The, you don't know what radio stations you can listen to or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I don't, whatever you're into, it can be very lonely, but it's also very rewarding because again, Hong Kong. Yeah. So what kind of person do you think would be perfect for the job? Would you say outgoing and a good people person? Well, like from what I've heard, you outgoing and a people person is good. But then if you don't like loneliness, then it's also a disadvantage or something like what do you what would you say like the perfect person to be working as a flight attendant? You know, to be honest, there is no perfect person. Um, I've done um, like I said, I was a firefighter. I've, I was a hazmat. Um, I cleaned up chemical spills. Um, I've worked with career state troopers, career army officers. Uh, career, I say career, uh, but um, stay-at-home moms, there is no perfect person. It's who, it's who can basically put up with the loneliness and the craziness that is doing three or four flights a day. Um, who can be away from home for 55 hours at a time? To give you another example, my mother, my very easy to deal with quiet meek mother was a career pilot and she never in a million years was the perfect pilot she's nothing like you know these jack wagons that we deal with today all (laughs) military types Uh but there is there is no perfect person it's you should if you think you want to do it you should apply Mm. that's the bottom line wow so I always thought that there was probably some schooling or special education and some very specific policies that every single flight attendant had to learn. But from what I'm hearing, yes. oh, there is. Okay. So what are like some of those? Yes. Yeah. So uh, again, at my airline, you will be required to go through six and a half weeks of unpaid. And that's the case at most places, unpaid um, training. 
and that is all F- that is an a FAA requirement because technically they cannot hire you to a safety sensitive position as it is without the six weeks of training. Mm. So, and that that would cover, for example, at my airline, all seven seven airplanes. I think we cover. Mm-hmm. So, you you have to jam a lot. I'll be, I'll be honest to your listeners. The six and a half weeks of training that I had was more difficult than any semester of college I ever had. But again, totally worth it. Mm-hmm. And what are some specific policies or things that you learn about in those six weeks? So just about everything you learn in that six weeks is entirely safety or, uh, well, it's entirely safety related. Where are, where are the fire extinguishers? How fast do I evacuate a 767 versus a 737? You know, where are, or, or how do I fight a fire in a lavatory because some guy was smoking when he's not supposed to be? Mm. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's what you get in your six weeks. And then a smidge of, hey, would you like the bee for the chicken? <laughs> so there's, yeah, so there's probably a really wide range of stuff that you have to deal with. Like, there's also that safety aspect, but like you said, you also have to cater to a bunch of passengers. And that's kind of what I want to go into. What are some of the stereotypical passengers that you always encounter in one flight? You will see it's always very market specific. A lot of Mm. people, myself, for example, I don't like to go to Los Angeles. I don't like to go to Miami because I know the people will be rough. They'll be very demanding. Um, They'll be rude. Uh, They will, you know, I don't know, ask, ask me for things that I cannot do. Whereas um, you live in Milwaukee, you go to, again, the Midwest. I always go back to Milwaukee. All they would like is a Coke and some peace and quiet, and it's the best. So you, you learn a lot about your people based on where they live, and it sounds like a bad stereotype, but it, it's true. You know, People from New York are rude. People from South Texas are really, really great, in my experience. Yeah. So what would you say is the nicest people that you like to cater to the best so that I know a good place to move to one day? (laughs) Um, I always am a big fan of the Carolinas, the state of Ohio, and South Texas. Um, Everybody there is always just out of your out of this world nice they don't they don't care if the flight is late if you know you miss your bus because we have to take a bus from the hotel to the airport every morning uh-huh. you know you missed your bus because of who knows uh, a mechanical effort on their part they don't care they're just happy to be safe mm-hmm. and that is the best part i have a question about the pilots so is it true like Nowadays, the pilots don't really do much, and it's all automated for the airplanes. Uh, again, going back to the fact that my mother was a pilot, I would tell uh-huh. you, yeah, they don't, they don't do squats. <laughs> um, she, my mom told me forever ago, glorified bus drivers. But uh-huh. it's not about 
what you do. It's not about what you do day to day. It's what you do when the engine fails, uh-huh. when you blow a tire. So that that's why they get paid the big the big bucks. Uh-huh. It's because when the f hits the fan, you really got to know what uh-huh. to do. Uh-huh. And and the same does go for us. When the gentleman in 26E has a seizure between San Diego and Chicago, which oh, yeah. I've had, wow, you know, I've got to know. Hey, well, I got to get this. I got to get that. I've got to, you know, call the captain, tell him old dudes having a seizure. Call for a, call for a doctor. Whatever it is. What is the most unique thing that you would say about the job, like than other like standard jobs? Com- comparing it to. Having done a nine to five, it's the schedule. You you go from getting up at four in the morning and being done with your work at noon, and then you're off for three days, and then when you go back to work, you have to be at work again at noon or one in the afternoon, and then you're done at nine o'clock at night, and then you're off. For, excuse me, you're off for another day. And then you're back at work again at three in the morning. It's it's the hours that are the most unique. You know, the where you go, yes, is unique, but the hours that you have to get up and the weird schedule you have to work is universal. Now there's gonna be times when scheduling calls you at two o'clock in the morning and says Hey, guess what, buddy? Please be at work in two hours. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's not always fun. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it can work in your favor. There's there's a ton of flexibility. You know, I, again, I, I only worked uh, 13 days this month. And I'm going to get paid about the same as somebody who, at my age, would get paid for an entire four weeks worth of work. Mm-hmm. Well, 20 days, whatever it is. So it, it's it's hit or miss. Mm-hmm. And again, we do have union backing, which is nice. Mm. So what are some traits that someone would need to have to be successful in the profession? First and foremost, I would say you need to be able to de-escalate. Mm. When, someone is, when someone gets on and they're upset because they had to check their bag or there wasn't room for their bag and you have to check it or uh, there wasn't an upgrade available for first class, which people are really, really upset about. You have to be able to just shrug it off and say, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't help you. That's the best I can do. Blah, 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 whatever. Um, Basically the most important trait would be just being able to say, I'm sorry, I don't know what the problem is, but I know how to find the solution. That that would be my takeaway. And what are some like personality things that you need to have? I'm guessing it's not the perfect job for an introvert because they're not good at talking with people. Like what are some things that you need to be or like, some personality traits that you need to have? Uh, yeah, out of the gate, yes, you absolutely, if, if you identify, if you self-identify as an introvert, just strike that off your, your job application form because uh-huh. it's not going to do you any good. Um, you need to be able to identify with everybody on a given flight. I could have, let's say Los Angeles to Austin, Texas. 
I'm going to have Japanese nationals. I'm going to have Chinese nationals, Mm -hmm. people from Southern California, Austinites. um, I mean, again, you name it. It could be anybody. Some weirdo from Portland. It doesn't matter. You have to be able to, at the very least, be able to talk to those folks, even if they don't speak English. Um, and at, at least, you know, point at the orange juice, point at the water. And that's not to deter your listeners, because I know plenty of folks who, you know, weren't capable capable of doing that when they got hired, but they learned it. You You just have to be able to take a deep breath and realize, hey, this person from Honduras doesn't quite understand that when they use a restroom, they should lock the door. Mm-hmm. That's very specific. But again, as long as you're able, to, no matter where you are, as long as you can take a deep breath and just say to the, whoever your passenger is or your fellow workers, you can just say, well, it's okay, this person just doesn't know. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest takeaway. Mm. So what is your advice to a teenager that wants to pursue this job field? If you are a teenager, um, if I, um, I can actually give an example. Um, I had a, a training buddy. He's now 22. I'm 33. But he's now 22. And he started right out of high school hmm. with Spirit Airlines. And I, I use their name because I don't work for them, so I don't care. <laughs> Um, but he started right out of high school as a flight attendant with spirit. They loved him and they took him on and he eventually became a pilot. Wow. But if this is, if this is something you want to do, aim for the smaller airlines. If you are a teenager, Mesa, spirit, frontier, uh, Republic, they will take on 18 year olds. And from there you can put your leg in for, American United, Delta, uh, British Airways, Etihad, whatever. Wow. And they they will take you on. You can flow through, as it's called, to the other airlines. And you can go from, you know, I don't know, Columbia, South Carolina to London before you know it. Hmm. So you said he went straight out of high school, so he didn't do any college? Or he just went straight into it? He he went straight into it. Wow. He he went from high school to spirit, and I will be honest with you and your listeners. He and I both are straight men. That makes us rare in this business. <laughs> um, I know it sounds corny, but flight attendants are predominantly gay men and women. Hmm. So if any straight guys are listening, any straight kids, and you want a cool job, apply. <laughs> Last question to you. So what does the future look like? Like, what do you want to do or what do you want to keep doing? Me personally, I think I'm going to stick with it. There are, once you get to what's called mainline, there are just millions, I say millions, all the flight attendants say, hey, I I did this when I started out of college just for a couple of years and I thought it would be cool. And here they are 45 years later, still doing it because the job is so flexible and you can, you know, go to Milwaukee every week and get your beer or whatever. Uh Um, 
my personally, I think I'm going to stick with it. Uh-huh. Having been having been a firefighter, having been a plant worker, having done numerous other things. So, to your listeners, I would say please apply. It's the best damn job ever. Yeah, it really is. Even to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> now I like, want to do it. That sounds like everything you laid out. It's like it sounds really cool. I mean, get, how how old are you, man? Sixteen. Oh, you're just a baby. Yeah, give yeah. it a shot, man. When you finish, yeah, give it a shot. Go with some smaller airline, and then work your way up because they will hire you from a smaller airline. And why the heck not? You know, you can go from Birmingham, Alabama to Paris. You never know. Hmm. So you say that a lot of people do it right after college. Is it? Is that just a thing that they just think it's going to be like a temporary thing and they don't expect to go back, but then they eventually do? Yes. So they kind of think of it as, I don't know, like a McDonald's or something where like it's just a temp thing that you can do? Well, every every it, I wouldn't go so... I'm mean, Having worked at McDonald's, I would say no. But all the, the old-timers, for lack of a better word, and I apologize to them for saying that, they all say, again, I just wanted to do this for a little bit, just as a, uh-huh. yeah, do whatever. Uh-huh. And they wound up doing it for 40 years. And that's uh-huh. the way, I think, I mean, that's the way most of us wind up. You know, pilots would do it forever if they were not forced by the government to retire. So you just stick with it. Wow. Yeah, so I just wanted to say um, that's going to end this interview. I don't really have any more questions. I learned so much from this. From hearing what you said today, it sounds like a pretty pretty nice job. Like, you work 14 days a month, and you get to go to all these great places. You get to meet a bunch of new people. And for the people out there that are, like, extroverted and they have outgoing capabilities, I think that's a, I think it's a pretty nice job. It is. It's not. It's not something to shake a stick at, man. I. Anybody listening, please try and do it. It doesn't matter if you work for a smaller regional uh, airline. If you work for Southwest, Frontier, it doesn't matter. It's a great job. The flexibility, the money's not great, but the flexibility, the the what you can do, the potential, where you can go. You can you can literally see the world even as a Southwest Airline employee. Yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for doing this. I learned a lot. I'm pretty sure my listeners learned a lot too. Thank you so much for doing this, man. Thank thank you, dude. This is this is the coolest thing I've done in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. I think like when I interview people to make some reflect on things, and they always say it's a pretty fun time. So I'm happy to give people that feeling. Well, it. it it's spectacular and i hope i hope whatever however damn many people you interview i hope you find something that you enjoy <laughs> i know i hope so too i mean this sounds really interesting and i'm, I'm definitely going to look more into it in the future yeah you should man come on come come fly the friendly skies <laughs> yeah take care have a great rest of the day or evening wherever you are thank you sir Thanks for listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. If you liked it, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast. If you have an interesting career and want to be featured on the show, send us an email at majorjobspodcast at gmail.com with your job title and college major if applicable. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not.